Good morning. Welcome to Heavenly Zion Creation Podcast, where we talk about any and everything. I just want to say hello. Um, this is a well-needed podcast when we're talking about love and healing. Sometimes these are the measures that some people have to take in order to heal. So I wanted to give you guys just a little bit more of me on this podcast. And um, so you guys can kind of understand where I come from. Okay, As you know, I am a mother of seven, a grandmother of one, and one on the way. I was married for 17 years, I think. Um, 2012, I had a little girl. Her name is Heavenly Zion. So this is where the name Heavenly Zion come from. 2012, I had a little girl, April. 27th beautiful little girl beautiful beautiful little girl it was like an angel I didn't know at the time of giving birth to her that that's what she was Jesus so beautiful just different like she was born she was beautiful and she came home. Her spirit was like no other baby. Like she really literally told you when she was hungry. She would smack her lips and you knew she was hungry. She barely cried. She was content. I used to leave and go to the store and leave her with my daughter. And my daughter said she would cry all the way up until the time that I pulled up in the driveway. She knew my car. She can hear my car. Soon as she hear my car, she'll stop crying. My daughter told me that. She was just a different kid. It was like in the beginning when I found out I was pregnant. Okay, let me back it up. So I got pregnant two months before I got pregnant with Heavenly Zion. I had an abortion because I didn't want any more kids. After my 10-year-old, he was at that time three, three, four. Probably not even. Yeah, he was like three or four. I didn't even want no more kids. I don't even think he was that old. No, he wasn't three or four. He was like two. Just turned two to be exact. I didn't want any more kids, so I had an abortion. Two months later, I got pregnant again. So I said, okay, it's meant to be. So I decided to keep the baby. I didn't want her. You guys, I did not want no more kids. So I was unhappy throughout my pregnancy. Miserable, carrying her just... On the inside, nobody knew it on the outside, but on the inside, I, I was not happy. 
Normally, I have wonderful pregnancies. I don't get sick. I'm moving around. I still can do my normal activities. I work up until I'm in labor at work. So, this one was a little bit different. So, it wasn't until six months. You know, I found out it was a girl. Wasn't happy about that. I had one girl. I didn't want no more girls. I was okay with having boys. I didn't want no more girls. So I didn't tell nobody what I was having for a long time. And when I say nobody, I mean my husband, my kids, my best friend. I didn't tell nobody what I was having for a long time. It wasn't until about six months, when I was six months pregnant, I just said forget it. I ended up going to church. I didn't know what I was going to name her. I ended up going to church one day. And back then, I went to Shiloh. Shiloh Church. And I knew I wanted to name her Zion. Because I said I could either use that for a girl or a boy. Didn't matter. So I knew the name Zion was going to be somewhere in there. And worshiping and praying, God told me to put the heavenly in front of it. So I ended up naming her Heavenly Zion. Mind you, back then, I grew up in church somewhat. Somewhat off and on, I was in church, but I've, I've always been very spiritual. I've always believed in Jesus Christ, I've always believed in God, the Holy Spirit. I've always believed in that because I've experienced it at a young age, so I've always believed in it. So I went to church, and that's where I got our name from. And so at that point, I started to get a little more content, not happy, but content with the fact that I'm about to give birth. I started going to buy stuff and, you know, getting prepared and without knowing the peace while she was in me that my inner being was receiving It wasn't until I sat down one day and I was at work actually. And I just, it just, something just came over me and it was like, feel really get in tune with the inside of you. Really in t- concentrate and meditate on what's going on in the inside of you. And when I did that, I really realized like my body felt at ease. My body felt at ease. My body felt at peace. And that feeling started to overtake me in my pregnancy. So my peace started to evolve, not only on the inner side of me, but I started to learn how to create my peace around me, on the outside of me. My surroundings, my thoughts, my everything. So I started to gain wisdom. 
and everything pregnant with her like my it was a life-changing experience something that if you never experienced it before you would never understand what i'm saying right now okay so she was born and took her home just different type of baby like you guys don't even know different kind of baby I moved me and my kids. At that time, I had four. Nope, I take that back. I have five. She's my fifth kid. I have five with her. Four in a truck, you haul. And pregnant with her, we drove with our big U haul and my car on the back from. Oakland, California to Arizona. We moved to Glendale, Arizona. Mind y'all, I am eight and a half, nine months pregnant at that time. And it was just me and my kids. We drove that drive. Baby, when I say we drove that drive, we drove that drive. And I had her. We got to Arizona. We left April 21st we got there at three o'clock april 22nd 2012 i had her april 27th 2012 my birthday is april 23rd 2012 so you see between the 21st and the 27th i had a lot going on okay moving traveling all of that me and my kids, this was a, a, another part of peace. Leaving Oakland, California was another part of stages of life for me that would create peace in my life and allow me to raise my kids in a different environment. Okay. So that's my mindset. So, so. June 24th, the most horrible day of my life, she passed away. We put her to bed. Everything was fine. I was exhausted, exhausted, because I remember waking up, and it was like 2-something in the morning. And I, because before I went to sleep, I was watching movies on my laptop and my laptop just seemed so loud. It was just so, so loud. And I turned over to turn it off and I turned back around and go back to sleep. And I realized that I didn't haven't gotten up to feed the baby. So I got up and I went to grab her and she wasn't moving. So I turned on the light. She wasn't breathing. All I could do is cry out, you guys. All I could do is just cry out. My oldest son was the first one in the room. And he was like, what's wrong? I was like, the baby not breathing. And he just started screaming through the house, trying to wake my 
oldest daughter up. And my cousin was there. And my cousin, that's my best friend. She was there. They woke up. I'm trying to call 911. My cousin trying to get my baby CPR. She's still not breathing. MLMs come. All I can do is pray, y'all. I just went in instant prayer mode. Like, Lord. That moment I vowed to myself. And I vowed to God that if you ever, Lord God, if you give her back to me, I will serve you. That was my vow that day. What's my vibe? I will serve you, Lord. You could take me and just let her live. Nobody, if you've never been through a kid passing, especially a baby that you held and you loved and you kissed and you held and you fed and you, you would never understand. But I'm telling you guys this so you guys can know. A little bit about me, where I come from, and how my story began. This part of my story. So right now we will be in, I would say, mid, mid of my book. So we're starting from the mid chapter, and we'll work our way down. And then, you know, but... So I had to go to the hospital and, you know, all of that. And when they told me that they couldn't bring her back, my heart just instantly stopped. At this point, mind y'all, I've only been in Arizona, what, a month and a half. Had a baby. New to Arizona. Came out. Just me and my husband, we separated. I'm trying to escape and... Here's this tragedy. It affected me and my kids because we were there. My cousin, she was there. It was really hard, you guys. It was so hard for me because they had to take my kids to a crisis center because me and my cousin had to go to the hospital with my baby. And let me tell you, y'all know God, he works in mysterious ways. Because for some reason, I couldn't dial out on my phone. I'm trying to dial out on my phone to call the ambulance and call the people. I, I couldn't dial out. My daughter had this phone. Mind you, this phone had been cut off for I don't know how long. She ended up 
for whatever reason. I don't know if she already knew the phone was cut on. Somebody paid the bill previously. I don't know. But all I know is I believe it was God. And some kind of way that phone was on and she was able to call out. <laughs> I don't understand. I know that phone was off. She was able to call out. She called Emily. She called her dad. So while my kids at the crisis center, I'm at the hospital holding my baby. And I, was, I just couldn't let her go. I did not want to let my baby go. I'm holding my baby. She's lifeless. My cousin's there with me. And see, when you go through a tragedy like that, and you're going through your own thing, you never realize how it affects other people. Some people may call it selfish, but I call it losing your mind because that's where I was at. At this point in my life, I was losing my mind, people. I was losing it. So we finished at the hospital. I had to leave. They had to take the baby. I had to call. Matter of fact, my daughter called me like, Mom, is my sister okay? And I just couldn't tell her over the phone that she didn't make it. So all I could say is, I'll talk to you when I get there. And she didn't want to hear that. She, my baby, didn't want to hear that. Because mm -hmm. mind you, she, my oldest, was at the hospital with me. It was just me and my oldest when I had her. She didn't want to hear that. So I had to hang up. So we get to the crisis center. And I had to tell my babies that their sister is gone. Mind you, I got a DJ was two. Yeah, I was about let me see. Yeah, I was about five, four, five. Melvin was. I want to say 14, and Brianna was like, no, Melvin was younger than that. Melvin was like 12. 12. And Bree, she was about 15, 16, something like that. They were somewhere in the majors. But I had to tell them that their sister didn't make it. Okay? So... I'm making phone calls and trying to tell people what's going on and getting things arranged. And first one flew out was my husband. He was the first one there. Mind y'all, I didn't have no furniture in my house. All we had was beds. Nothing to sit on. I had a tile floor. So we was in there for that long with no furniture. 
My husband came. He furnished my house for me. Um, he was real supportive, real supportive. He helped me get through those few weeks. He really did. He really stepped up to the plate, even though at that point we was bickering, arguing, and we couldn't stand each other and all of that. He really helped me get through those few weeks because he stepped up. When I couldn't speak, he was the voice. When just So shout out to him for stepping up because I couldn't. And his hurt was different. That's another podcast. His hurt was different from mine. So anyhow. So my husband comes. Then next, my brother comes. And then my mom comes. And then my dad. My dad comes with my auntie. My dad's wife which is my mother-in-law, love her to death. Um, and my cousin, Dijanae, she came out. Then my nephew, Mataj, came out with my brother. He's a girl, yeah. So I have family around me, you guys, that showed up first time ever. Ever, my family showing up for me like that. They showed up. And they were there. So one morning, I wake up. Everybody else in the house sleep. And I'm like, oh, matter of fact, this is, I'm like, oh, I have to get this yard together. This is before everybody get here. Matter of fact, it's just my mom. My mom came before my brother because it's my mom and my husband and my kids in the house. So I'm like, I got to get this yard together because. Everybody's going to be here. So I get in the backyard, have a swimming pool. One side is a swimming pool. other side is a big yard. So I'm by the swimming pool trying to pull the weeds up and, you know, trying to get the yard together. Really, at that time, I didn't realize I was really trying to occupy my mind and keep my mind from going crazy to the point that I just started pulling weeds. So I'm pulling them up and I don't know how to swim, you guys. Right? I don't know how to swim. I'm walking closer and closer to the edge of the swimming pool because I decided that I was going to kill myself because I didn't want to live no more. I, did, I, I just did not want to live anymore, you guys. I felt like my world came crashing down. I just lost 
my baby. Before I lost my baby, I lost my family. Top of losing my family, I'm in a whole new state. I don't know nobody in this state. I just got up and said I'm moving and I moved, okay? I'm not here with family, friends, nothing. I'm here solo. It's me, my kids, and my cousin. We solo in Arizona. I don't have no church family, no none of nothing, nothing, nothing. So then this tragedy happened. It was like I can't take no more. I have already been abused and everything throughout my life. And this was just the end. I couldn't take it, right? So I was going to kill myself. I was going to jump in this pool and drown myself. I was so close. So, so close, you guys. So, so close from falling in. God said, at that time, it was just a voice. I didn't know who was speaking to. It was just a voice said that said, "Look at look at the door." Having looked at my back door, and my two year old was sitting on the edge of the doorway. Looking at me, shaking his head like, no. Like, he just knew what I was thinking. He's shaking his head and he like, no. And I'm looking at him and I'm still trying to go back. But I'm like, I can't do this in front of him. This is going to kill him. This is going to devastate him. And the instant my husband called my name and I snapped out and he rushed out and grabbed me. It's like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? I didn't even know, you guys, why pulling up these leaves, I didn't slice my finger. Because I'm using my bare hands to pull these weeds up. And it's a lot of them, and they tall. I didn't even realize that I sliced my hand up. God saved my life. God saved my life. If it wasn't that voice that told me to look at that door, I wouldn't have been here. Okay? So, now, Everybody gone. Everybody left one by one. We had the baby funeral. As devastating as that was. I wanted her funeral. Funeral. Her colors was purple and white. I chose to have everybody wear white for the celebration of life. I didn't want to do black. That's depressing. I needed white for life. Because she gave me life. She gave me life, y'all. 
at that moment, I didn't realize it. I didn't understand it. And I didn't know it. But the cycles that I was going through throughout my pregnancy and throughout the times that she was on this earth was preparing me to live and not die. Some of you guys will understand and some of you guys won't. But it was preparing me to live and not die. I'm blessed to be able to say that I was able to kiss and hold and love on my guardian angel. Some people can't say that. I'm blessed. I had to learn to turn my tragedy into life, into love, into peace, into success, into greatness, into worshiping and praying and turning my life around and that tragedy right there changed my family's life and when I say my family I'm talking about me and my kids it changed our life and people might think I'm crazy but it changed it for the better because I didn't know where we were going and what I was doing before I end up, okay, so my kids, they go, they got to go back to school, so they go back to school. I'm at home by myself. I got the little one there. No, my little one in daycare, actually. He was going to preschool. So I'm at home solely by myself, losing my mind. So what me and my daughter decided to do was, mom, when I'm in science class, I'm going to text you some science work and you can do science with me that way you, you know you'll stay busy so i'm like okay so she'll text me when she in math class or science class or whatever and i'll do a little math work or whatever the case may be just to keep my mind busy i was going to see a therapist they gave me all these pills that was not working you guys they gave me anxiety pills sleeping pills depression pills you name it I had it and only pill that I found myself constantly taking was my anxiety pill and my sleeping pill but the sleeping pill never worked it got me sleepy but I would doze off and then I'll be right back up because my mind would start racing and I would replay every moment of that morning so I have to stay up I had a five bedroom house big beautiful house and me and my kids started sleeping in the living room I would sleep on the couch and my kids would sleep on that hard floor because they were scared to leave me by myself all my kids 
I tell him, go get in the bed. I'm okay. Go get in the bed. I'm okay. No, Ma. You're going to stay right here. It, it was hard, y'all. It was a couple of times while they were asleep. I didn't put a knife to my throat. It was hard, guys. It was so hard. So, so hard. So hard. So then... I'm talking to my husband on the phone. And mind you, me and him, we not getting along. So we not talking. We arguing at each other. We bickering. I'm blaming myself. I'm blaming him. I'm blaming God. I'm angry. I'm mad. My emotion, my rage, we going up and I'm going down. I didn't know whether I was coming. I didn't know whether I was going. My husband said, you got to find something to do. You have to find something to do. Excuse me, y'all. You have to find something to do. You have to find something to do. So I'm like, okay. He was like, garden. I don't have a green thumb at all. Anything I touch that needs to grow, if it ain't hair, it's going to die. I can grow hair. I can't. No, no, no. Not no plants. I'm not a flower girl. So he's like, you like doing hair. Go to school for hair. Hmm. Good thought. Get your license. Okay. Because mind you guys, I wasn't working. I left Oakland on maternity leave. And then the tragedy happened. So I, I couldn't work. So I ended up going to school to do hair. That's how I ended up with my license. Now, mind you guys, I have always done hair. I will braid hair for my family, my friends. I've always done hair, rather young. That was just, I done my own hair all my life. So for me, it was just whatever. So I started doing hair. Now I will be... In the back of the class, I'm working on my mannequin. Nobody can see me, and I will be bawling. Be back there crying my eyes out. I always made sure to sit where nobody can see because I knew my emotions were still up and down. I'd be back there crying, bawling my eyes out. <sighs> But what I did do is I ended up going to church, you guys. The church was right next door to where we had my baby funeral at. Word of a pundit life Christian center. That church changed me. Actually, that church saved me. Oh, my God. That church, that church saved my life. Between going to church and going to school, it saved my life. I'm telling y'all. I went there one Sunday. <laughs> and. I joined. I was like, this is the home for me. Mind you, me and my kids, we have been looking for a church home. 
we have been going to churches in Arizona and I just there was churches I did not like and I went to that church and it was like this this is home for me and mind you the the bishop and his wife the first lady they were I think they were in Israel or somewhere then and the the pastor that's now which is Pastor Mays he was preaching that day and it just felt right so me and my kids we kept going and I would go home on Wednesdays before um, I would take the noon Bible study course and I would take my cosmetology bag, this big old bag on wheels, and I'm rolling in in church. And I would sit in the back of the church so quiet and just hear the bishop talk. And every Wednesday when I was in there, he was speaking directly to me because I was broken, y'all. I was so broken. I was torn to pieces. Torn to pieces I was broken and just going to hear him and the way he broke it down I was able to understand it because he broke it down and made it so simple he took it from spiritual realm and gave it to you in a natural realm to where you can totally understand and relate to everything that's going on. So I didn't feel like I was lost. I didn't feel like I was. It didn't feel like gibberish in my ear no more because all the times before I was going to church, I was going really for the music, to be honest. I was Filling my soul with gospel music going to church at a younger age. I didn't understand what the preacher was talking about, what they were saying. It wasn't until I started going to that church that I actually could understand the the Bible. Because <laughs> I understood the concept of church. I understood tithes. I understood the surroundings of church. But to actually understand the word of God, I wasn't there. And to experience what he was able to do and, and look back in my life and see where he was keeping me and how he kept me, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Jesus, this is going to be a long podcast, y'all. Bear with me. I wasn't there, y'all. I was not. So going to church one day, he asked me, I had been going. I want to say at least a month, for a month. I would go on Sundays, me and my kids, and I would go. We would walk to church, okay? About a good mile. We would walk on Sundays, walk to church, and walk back. I wouldn't talk to nobody. I wouldn't speak to nobody. My kids would, because they always find friends, so they knew people in church, and I didn't. I was the quiet, sitting in the back, because... I'm new and I don't understand and I'm broken. I don't want to talk to nobody and tears start falling out my eyes. I don't want to tell nobody what's going on with me. All I knew at that time is I needed to be here and I needed to hear 
those words from that pastor. That's all I knew. I didn't know nothing else. That's all I knew. So I will be there every Sunday. I'm there. One day on Wednesday, he asked me my name. He said, I see you in here. Every Wednesday you come in with your bag. What's your name? And I told him my name. His wife walked up and he introduced me to her. And she was like, oh, she was like, I see you every Wednesday. I was like, yeah. She was like, what do you have in your bag? I was like, I go to cosmetology school. She was like, oh, okay. I was like, when I leave here, I go. She was like, oh. From that day on, they remember my name. And that got me so much more excited because somebody remembered the broken little old hurt me. Somebody remembered me. So that made me want to go even more. Because now I felt like somebody see me. Because before all my life I've been invisible. Having kids, relationship, being married. I was invisible on this earth. I'm telling y'all secrets about myself on how I visioned myself. Stuff that I ain't never told nobody. So I'm I'm sharing it with the world right now. Because a lot of this I'm telling y'all, I've never told nobody. I really felt invisible. Sorry, you guys. I felt so invisible, you guys. It's, it, it, it wasn't funny. So now I, I, I started to feel like I'm being seen. Okay. Don't know why. Never was a, 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 a... It never was a want of mine to be seen either. But it was more of a spiritual vision as to me being seen it wasn't a natural you could see me with your eyes feeling it was more of somebody seeing my spiritual me okay so I'm in church and it was this lady her name is Ann Buer. She was the first person to talk to me on a regular basis. No, I take that back. Yes, it was. Ann Buer, she was the first person to talk to me on a regular basis. She would talk to me. And she would take me to school after at the church and we would talk and I would do more listening than talking see all my life I, I hung around older people I've never really really hung around people my age 
unless I was in school. My school friends, of course, was my age, but outside of school, all my friends have always been older than me. So she spoke a lot of life into me, not even knowing what I was going through at that time. She spoke a lot of life into me. And then this lady named Chris Whitfield, she spoke a lot of life into me too. We used to go to Bible study. We used to talk. She would be another one that give me a ride. The more I went to church, the more I understood it, the more I got involved, the more I loved it, the more my life started to matter. The more I started to see things in a different light, the more, Jesus, the more I went, the more I took my kids, the more I went, the more I went, the more I went. The happier I kind of got. So one year, I want to say 2000, maybe I, I, I want to say 14, because I had been going to that church maybe a year. I want to say it was 2014. I got to look back. I still got all my stuff. But we had a women's conference. We had a women's conference and you guys, when I say that changed my world, that women's conference changed my life. Oh, that women's conference changed my life. It really did. I went up there with expectation. Now, at this time, I didn't gain friends. I have a friend named Cheryl. She's a minister. I have a friend named Janita. I love her. She's so crazy. Now, they speaking life into me daily. We go out. We talk. I do the hair. We conversate. They speaking life. They keeping me above water. They supporting me. If I needed a shoulder to cry on, they was there. They was there, y'all. They was there. So we go to the women's conference, and I'm going up there with expectation. Expectation to for God to heal my soul. Because even though I'm smiling, I'm still broken. I'm still hurt. I'm still angry on the inside. I'm, I don't even understand. I'm still battling getting up every day. I'm still battling. Do I brush my teeth or not? I'm, st- I'm in severe depression. Nobody know it. Because I'm keeping a smile on my face and I'm keeping myself, I'm 
trying to push, but nobody really knew how hard it was for me to get out the bed every single day. And I had to because I had kids. I couldn't fail myself and fail them too. Because if I failed me, I failed them. And I knew that. So I would have to get up every day and talk to myself. You know that word, that song, encourage yourself? Oh, yeah, it's so real. I had to encourage myself every day. Get up, get up, get up. You have to. You can't lay here. You can't lay here. <sighs> Baby, when I say I graduated from school, excited, but I'm still hurt. I'm still depressed. I'm still broken. God didn't bless me in all kind of ways. I'll get into more of that. In the midst of all of this, I've been blessed. I've been held. And me and my daughter almost got hit by a car. Like we would have been dead and gone. I'll tell y'all that too. Y'all don't understand. Oh, Lord. So I'm going to church. The more I'm going to church, the more I'm going to church. I'm, I'm feeling it. We up there. We zipline. My first time ever ziplining. Now, I've been in an airplane, but I ain't never ziplined. I ain't never been that high up with nothing surrounding my body to kind of give me a little safety net. Me and a rope. Oh, baby. But I went up there with expectations. Lord, Jesus. Expectations for healing and clarity. On that rope, I prayed my way through there. And when I got off that rope, it was a relief. Nobody even understand. I got what I came for when I went up there. Y'all don't know. Minister Polly, she prayed for me. And people think that Holy Ghost is not real. Baby. Because all this time I'm sitting in church, I'm being honest with y'all. If I can't be honest with y'all, I don't want to talk to y'all. I'm sitting in this church this whole time. Now, I'm believing Christ and I'm believing God, and but I'm seeing people dancing. You know what I mean? Catching the Holy Ghost. I'm, and all, all my life, I've just been like, oh, they putting on a show. Hmm. Baby. Wasn't until I was up on top of that mountain. I tell you that I, I I experienced the Holy Ghost for myself. I experienced getting when people pray for you and you fall back. That's real. That ain't no fake. That you. I mean, you have some people that's fake. Don't get me wrong. But when you for real, for real, and you catch that Holy Ghost for real, for real, for real. People that caught it, they know. I baby, it's not fake. It's not a game. It's not a game. I caught that Holy Ghost. So, oh my God. Okay, so I I went through there and came back relief. Now I'm a little more healed. I'm not completely healed, but I'm a little more healed. I don't think I ever healed completely because I'm still broken from it. But now I'm open, should I say, to living a life, a full life. Not half step in life. Now I'm open to living a full life, a beautiful life at that. Now I'm trying to learn how to turn this tragedy into the blessing that it really is. Okay. 
Now, while I'm seeking therapy, my kids don't want to go. And I'm telling them to go. I don't force my kids into nothing. But behavior, be good manners, values, morals, and respect. But I'm not going to force you to go talk to a stranger because it, it's not going to work. It has to be what you want to do in order for therapy to work. You have to be open to it. If you're not open to it, you're wasting your time. I learned that dealing with my mom and her addiction. So, you know, I gave them the opportunity. Now, me and my kids, we talk. I've always talked to my kids. I talk to them about everything. So I take home what I learned for therapy and I take it home to them. We all suffered in our own way. But in my grief and in my mourning, my mourning and my grief was harder than anybody else's. That's how I feel. My grief and my mourning was harder than anybody else. That was in my mindset. That's how come I couldn't really have a conversation with my husband back then because everything was his fault. It was never mine. I couldn't. When it came to my daughter's passing, I, I took that hard. That was my fault. He wasn't here for me like he should have been. That's how I felt. But I never understood that he had a whole different type of grief that he had to work through and fight through. And me trying to push my grief and my mourning and my hurt and my sorrow and my pain on him wasn't fair. So I'm learning to make this tragedy, let this tragedy be a blessing. So I started with opening my own shop and things of that sort. I don't want to keep you guys too much longer, so I'm just going to cut it off there. I just really got on here to let y'all know God is good. And I wanted you guys to understand where I'm coming from. So when I get on here, these podcasts is yes, so we can talk and ride and ride and talk, but also for me as a way to let the world know who and what I am, um, where I come from, because there's a lot of people that's out there that can relate to some of the things that I've been through and to some of the things that I go through. And if I'm able to help one person through anything, I've done my just do here on earth. So I'm very spiritual. Um, let me say that because then everybody's going to, oh, well, we see you doing this and we see you do. Yes, I still live my life. I treat others as they treat me. I'm very loving and giving to any and everybody that I possibly can. I will help you if I can. My relationship with God is my relationship with God. Me and him talk on a day-to-day basis. Everything that he see that needs to be corrected in me, he is doing it. Nobody else. He's doing it. So I just wanted to say, let's talk. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's talk. I'll see you on another podcast.
Let me hear from you. Give me your feedback. Talk to me. I'll talk back. Have a good day.